Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Tom Horn, his book, The Wormwood Prophecy. Tom, how does President Trump fit into the Wormwood Prophecy? Yeah, so, um, you know, Donald Trump and his recent uh, pitch for the development and advancement and the funding of a space force. Uh Uh-huh. This isn't something new, you know, back in Ronald Reagan's era. Um, there was a push for the development of the Space Force. Um, and while this does have uh, something to do with, you know, digital warfare, um, mostly what the um, Space Force is being set up to do is, again, the idea of mitigating NEOs, near-Earth objects, asteroids, that kind of thing. And Donald Trump uh, promoting it has brought the concept to the forefront of the minds of the general public amid all the recent um, concerns regarding NEOs. It's in the news everywhere right now, right? Uh, And, of course, the Air Force now uh, being pushed by Trump, they released a statement calling for $13 billion, that's an estimate, to be spent over the next five years to set up the Space Force and U.S. Space Command to oversee Earth defense measures, mostly as it involves the threat of uh, asteroids, because if an asteroid, a comet, or another celestial threat is heading towards the planet, then early detection, monitoring, uh, and, you know, whatever efforts maybe we can put out there uh, is going to be the Earth's uh, best defense. By the way, uh, in my book, the book opens with a fictional narrative, even though the book is not fiction. It's a nonfiction book. But I open the very first chapter by providing a scenario, a fictional narrative, and then at the end of it I say, but is this fiction? And it really is depicting what is going on behind the scenes right now, as I understand it, with uh, the NSA, uh, uh, excuse me, the ESA, NASA, and other space agencies uh, who believe that Apophis is the greatest threat, but there's a couple of others that could be real threats, too. And it's what can we do, if anything, to mitigate um, these threats. And they're looking at some really super um, exotic kind of technology, even the idea of using, like, lasers or whatever. Um, there, there's, um, there's an effect. I'm trying to think of the name of it right now. Um, anyway, it was named after a, a German astronomer who talked about how photons being ed- emitted from uh, our sun or other mm-hmm. suns in deep space can affect the trajectory, uh, can basically bombard and, and micro-move the trajectory of an asteroid so that even though we think we've calculated what the trajectory of that space rock or that thread is going to be, it could actually be modified. I, I want to say it's Yarkovsky. Anyway, this, this uh, certain effect. So they're looking into all that stuff. They're talking about exotic technologies that are really not, so far as we know, right? Maybe they are. But so far as we know, they're not really yet fully uh, developed. And could they be used to try to, you know, uh, move some of these space threats uh, away from impacting the Earth? But <clears throat> here's the other part about President Trump's Space Force, and I go into this in the book, uh, and that is that um, the book of Revelations, Wormwood, could also be on some people's mind in the U.S. government. Like we know, uh, recent releases 
Uh, it almost sounds like the Collins elite. Recent releases of information from the FBI and the CIA's databases have shown that there is an element within the U.S. government that believes even things like aliens and UFOs and whatever, that there really is something there, and they think that a, at least a part of it could be something nefarious. And so it sounds like you have almost like uh, evangelical believers operating inside the U.S. government that are saying, hey, look, this is demonic, right? So when it comes to asteroids, there is also that element. It would not be a revelation uh, for me to tell most people that are listening to this program tonight that never have there been more prophecy believers around an American president's inner circle right. as is the case today. And, and I know some of these people, some are friends of mine, and I can tell you they are here in the ear of President Donald Trump and there is an element behind the scenes that is looking at this uh, in a biblical, prophetic way as well and determining, you know, do we think that is, is, is this like Tom Horn is saying? Is this wormwood from prophecy, from the book of Revelation? And Tom, is, is wormwood the start of the apocalypse or the end of the apocalypse? Well... <clears throat> Now this depends on, um, you know, e evangelical dispensationalism would look at this and say, okay, there's going to be a seven years of great tribulation. Uh, and most of those dispensationalists, you know, evangelical, Western, theological, whatever, uh, Christians, would tell you that the Wormwood prophecy takes place in the middle of Daniel's seven weeks, in the middle of of the Great Tribulation period. Uh, now, that opens a whole lot of questions that are actually really interesting. For instance, some, some dispensationalists already are looking at the Wormwood prophecy and the fact that I'm saying that Apophis uh, is going to strike the Earth in uh, April 2029. So in a, a bit over nine years from now, this catastrophic rock is going to impact the earth, and I believe that it is biblical wormwood. Now, hmm. if it turns out that I am right, now what does that mean for prophecy believers? Uh, depending on a, one's particular position, this could place the last possible date for a pre-tribulation rapture. Now, that not everybody listening to this program, well, a lot of people listening to this program don't believe in any of this, but if they are uh, dispensationalist Christians, and they are a pre-tribulation rapture believer, then what you have to do is you have to go from, from uh, 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 April 2029, and you back up 3.5 years, because if it's Wormwood, then it's in the middle of that, that seven-year period. Now, here's something that's very interesting. I discovered this actually only after I wrote the book, but... But 3.5 years before, and also in the middle, and also 3.5 years after, so a equivalent of seven years, puts each one of those dates in very, very, very important Jewish calendar dates. So 3.5 years before uh, April of 2029 is October 13th, 2025, to the day, that is the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles. Now, why might that be important? Well, Jews would immediately get this, and a lot of Christians would. The Feast of Tabernacles was the celebration 
of God delivering Israel during the Exodus from the Egyptian gods of chaos, which included Apophis, the Egyptian uh-huh. uh, dragon god of chaos. 3.5 years to the day is the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles, and 10 days before that is Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, when the shofar is blown 100 times, and many dispensationalists think that a future rapture is going to occur on that day. Why? Because the Apostle Paul tells the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. But the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and so on. For He said the same thing to the church in Thessalonica. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God. So many dispensationalists look to those Jewish feasts, in particular the Feast of Tabernacles and just before that Rosh Hashanah, as the moment in the future when a rapture of the church was going to occur. But again, um, if, you, if you go to the middle of that seven-year period, that's the week of uh, Passover. And Passover, once again, a high Jewish holiday, celebrating when, uh, during the deliverance from Egypt, uh, the death of the firstborn, and God passed over or passed by the Jewish tabernacles that had the blood of the Lamb on their doorpost. If you go, seven, if you go the full seven years, three and a half years after uh, April of 2029, you wind up again in the Feast of Tabernacles. So it's very... I don't even really know what to make out of it, George, but there does seem to be something there mm-hmm. that is going to excite a lot of people in the dispensationalist community to view uh, the coming of Wormwood in April of 2029. Tom Horn saying that's Wormwood, the coming of Apophis in 2029. Tom, why would God permit this to happen? Well, it, it, so... So, George, you've just asked me the question <laughs> that, that theologians and philosophers have debated for over 2,000 years, right? <laughs> uh, I, I doubt seriously that I, I would be able to adequately answer the question. I could, I could rehearse some of the standard answers around, you know, the world has fallen into sin, the world has abandoned God, it's the time of judgment, it's the coming of Antichrist. Uh, and uh, many of the people that listen to your program all the time that are out there listening to us right now would have their reasons that they could provide about why God is going to allow this to happen. All I can tell you is, as a person, Tom Horn, who believes in the Scripture, I believe in the immutability of Scripture, I believe if it says it's going to happen, the point is, it is going to happen. And uh, once again... You know, is it possible that I am wrong? Not in my mind. Uh, and you haven't I, been wrong yet. I haven't been wrong yet. And these, by the way, these are all like puzzle pieces. Like, why in the world would God have shown me, of all people, uh, I don't see myself as anything special. Why would I have known? Would you call yourself a prophet? Actually, I don't. Um I don't call myself a prophet. Of course, Sid Roth told me that all prophets say they're not a prophet. <laughs> but but <clears throat> I don't see myself as a prophet. There is an interesting thing here, though, and that is in the New Testament, there's a Greek word called ekstasia, 
<clears throat> it's where we actually make the word ec- ecstasy from. But uh, it's the word that is applied to Peter in the book of Acts when it says that he fell into a trance. It's the same kind of language around the Apostle Paul when he says that he was caught up into the third heaven. He did not know if he was in the body or out of the body. He did not know, but he saw a revelation. I, I think this is more akin to that, not necessarily the gift of prophecy, not even necessarily a seer. I, I don't really know how to explain it. All I can tell you is it happened, and my son came to me recently. Uh, and he had a letter that I had written to the Organ District of the Assemblies of God back in the 1990s, uh, in which I had woke up and I wrote down a whole series of things, including the death of a man. I wrote all of this down before it happened, and I sent it to the state superintendent of the Assemblies of God uh, in Oregon. Uh, and he brought that letter to me recently, my son did, and he said, Oh my gosh, Dad, look at this. Every single thing you said, exactly as you said it, yep. came to pass. It spooked him. And so recently when you know Skywatch TV, my team, um, were filming the programs around the Wormwood Prophecy, it really shook up uh, everybody there, especially my son and some of the people in my family that have known me, and they've watched this. And, and George, the bottom line is, I really cannot explain it, and I don't even know why. Like, why, why, why would I know? What difference does it make that I would know that Benedict was going to step down in April of 2012 and it happened? What I think it is, these are all... The, these, are, these are precursors to people believing you about this. Well, they are that, and they're also pieces of a larger image, like pieces in a puzzle. And as each of these pieces come to place, it's, it's creating kind of a larger revelation uh, about the future and what is coming. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.